Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle have won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We had our draft on Saturday. Uh, it was a big day. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We did have a couple of hiccups and a couple of things that went wrong. Uh, I'll kick off with them off the top. We had uh, we got to round 10 and uh, one of the boys made a selection and we noticed that that player went straight back to the free agent list uh, and then that was happening time and time again. And then eventually uh, we looked back at other guys' teams or guys looked at their sides and uh, they were completely blank and all the guys were back on the free agent list. So... Uh, that was in round 10. So we were already pretty deep into this draft. We kicked off at like 6 p.m. too because one of the boys was late uh, getting down to the holiday house for draft. So it was, you know, it was already getting pretty late. You know, our comp, it's it's 14-man comp. You've got to pick 18 players. Uh, so, you know, it takes, you know, three and a half hours as it is anyway uh, to then add in that little fuck up. We had to work out what we were going to do. Thankfully, uh, when we do our draft, we have butcher's papers around the room with everyone's team drawn up. And when you pick someone, you can coming right up your player. So we knew where we were at and everything. We knew that if we had to do it again, it would be okay. But as you can imagine, one of the great pains in the ass of all time. And it was really unfortunate to see that this has happened to a lot of people out there in their draft competitions. Uh, it was even more disappointing to see that a lot of people got through draft, okay, and then their teams, they woke up this morning or yesterday and their teams were blank and everyone was back on the free agent list. So a couple of hiccups there. Uh, I think Supercoach has just got to be fucking better than this. I don't know how you can um, have, you know, six months or whatever it is to prepare for this and that sort of stuff still be happening just seems fucking ridiculous to me. And it sort of, it always worries me the lack of effort seemingly that Supercoach consistently has for draft. I think it is such a fantastic thing. And if they took it seriously, it could absolutely explode. You look at myself in the weekly rub down, we did the wire episode a couple of, uh, last week or two weeks ago. And, um, you know, that episode on YouTube has got 5,000 views. It's got almost another 5,000 downloads on the podcast. That's you know, that, that, that's for an audience that is really small, really nice. Like, there, there is an audience there that is keen. And you know, I've never spoken to someone that was a classic player that tried draft and didn't absolutely love it. I just think the NRL is really missing – or, sorry, not the NRL, Supercoach is really missing – 
a fantastic opportunity with draft not to make it as good as they possibly can. And it's really fucking frustrating, to be perfectly honest with you. So we had that shit fight. So what we decided to do uh, was to create another league, start again, and we just did rapid fire. We went through the first 10 rounds. We picked our own players again. We obviously had them on the piece of paper. So we knew who we had to get, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll be perfectly honest with you. That really fucking threw me. <laughs> that threw me a heap. And I don't think I handled it overly well, that big break, and then coming back to it. Uh, I'll explain a few factors that went into that as we go. Uh, but this podcast is going to be about my first six picks. Then we'll do the next six and the last six throughout the day. So stay tuned for that. It'll be a real deep dive into my thought process for each of them because over the last two weeks, I have absolutely flipped like a fish what my strategy is going to be. A lot changed from when I was with the rubdown two weeks ago. I came up with a number of new strategies and I also had to come up with a few on the fly because if I'm being perfectly honest with you guys, uh, this draft did not go as I anticipated. There was a couple of factors that really threw me uh, and I'm a little bit disappointed in how I handled it, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought I'd do, I normally do a lot better in those moments. Uh, so this year, my team has ended up a little bit rogue. So it'll be really interesting listening for you guys. And I think that if things fall my way, I'll have a fucking unreal team, but I run the risk of having a team that could really struggle. But as you guys know, I've got Nathan Cleary, so I think I will be okay regardless. But if it was a year where I didn't have Nathan Cleary and some of these things happened, um, it would have been fucking chaotic. I will just warn you guys, if you are doing your draft this week, I know that myself, I had a couple of issues with it. And I know that, you know, speaking to guys in my comp, a few others did as well. Uh, when you're using the search function, if you're typing guys up, sometimes they just don't come up there, uh, which was a bit of a worry for me. There was two picks throughout the night that I, guys I had my eye on, guys that I was keen on that I typed them in, they didn't come up. And I thought, okay, they must have already been drafted. Uh, and then about 10 minutes later, they were drafted by someone else. So I think it was Matty Tomoko. I was really keen on, wanted to get him, couldn't get him. Um, couldn't see him on the list. He didn't come up when I typed it. Then about five minutes later, someone picked him and I just sat there and went, what the fuck? Uh, same thing happened with Isaiah Katoa. He's obviously a dual position halfback 5'8", who is going to play round one. I didn't think he would. He is. I can confirm that for you guys. He will be there round one. Uh, the rumors there are 100% true. Uh, so he was another guy that I wanted to draft as well. Didn't come up in my list. So just be aware of the bugs and stuff and you probably need to pay really, really close attention to who's being drafted and keep an eye on it yourself because for me, I couldn't trust the system. I didn't realize that until it was too late. Uh, but just something for you guys to be aware of. I think another mistake I made was that I went on my Instagram story after each pick and it just turned out to be too much of a distraction. I missed too much. Uh, it was it was just too chaotic. Tried to do too much. I think it was great for you guys to be able to see it live and everything, but I think it sort of cost me a little bit. My mind was all over the place. So probably won't do that next year. Uh, probably bit off a little bit more than I could chew there. So all those things compounded with the competition with our draft stopping halfway through. It was a bit of a it was a bit of a bed shit for me by my standards of what I expect from myself on draft day. It was far from my greatest, to be honest with you guys. But if things go my way and a couple of rumors and speculations I've got happen to fall my way, I could still have a very very good side. But I'm not I'm not overly stoked with it. But just because I've got Nathan Cleary, I think I will be okay. So that's sort of. You know, all the outside stuff. We'll get into the picks now. And I had pick number one, uh, which was a slam dunk. I will just explain to you guys, too, when we do our draft, uh, about an hour before draft, we all pick our positions where we're going to be. I obviously took number one. Um, number two took number two. The guy that had third pick, he actually went for uh, pick number four, which was interesting. And then the guy after him went pick number five. So it left spot three opened. Uh, and it was actually my best mate that took number three. And I did not expect him to be there. Uh, he's a guy that doesn't pay a heap of attention 
attention to Supercoach and everything. So I think a lot of his picks were uh, probably more content-based, uh, which is completely fine. You know, there's a heap of content out there to follow. But I think, unfortunately, that really fucked me because he took a few of my picks that I wanted, and it really threw me, to be honest with you. I had probably my two best mates that are in the comp that were right next to me. Uh, and there was a couple of times where they obviously knew what I was thinking. I knew what they were thinking, but it was hard for me to really get it back on them. So, um, yeah, there was a couple of things that threw me there. And I, I, to be honest with you guys, I didn't handle it overly well. But I still don't think my team's a train wreck. I think my first five or six picks, which I wanted to be super solid, I think they were. After that, it does get a little bit hairy, and I'm going to need a little bit to go my way. But Nathan Cleary took him number one. was very happy with that. My next pick was going to be number 28. My plan, um, I wanted to take Kalen Ponga. That's who I had in mind. I was planning on taking him at pick 28. Uh, I don't think he's going to goal kick to start the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he does throughout the year, though. Uh, The concussions were a big worry for me. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. The concussions were a huge worry for me. Um, so when KP was taken by the guy that was third, um, I was disappointed, but I was also like, you know what? That's probably not a terrible result. Yeah, if he was to get concussed or saying it had just fucked me for the entire season, so I need to go in a different direction. I actually found out later uh, that the guy that had the pick before me, so in, in between me and third, um, I should have just said second pick. That would have made heaps more fucking sense. He was actually going to take KP too. So it was going to happen regardless. Um, so KP, I had him in mind. I thought I was pretty confident I'd get him, to be honest with you. I thought he would make it back to me. He didn't. Uh, so then I had to think on my feet who I was going to go for. Um, I had a couple of guys floating around. Around, but the guys that I sort of wanted in that spot, and, and and there was a heap of really good players in in round two that were still sitting there when it got back to me. But there was just I don't know, there was no one that was like jumping out at me super hard to be honest with you guys. So I sort of had to think on my feet, and I made a decision a couple of about a week ago that I was going to change a little strategy that I had. Um, my little strategy that I changed was that. I said I wasn't going to go for South Sydney players, in particular Cody Walker. I actually end up going for Cody Walker. My thinking is that I think that with Nathan Cleary, and if I didn't have Nathan Cleary, it would be a completely different conversation. I wouldn't have ever considered Cody Walker. But I took Cody Walker there because he's obviously 5'8". It's a position that's hard to get, but I, I, I could sort that out, which isn't a huge plus to me. It's a positive, don't get me wrong, but it's not you know world-changing stuff to me. But what I thought with Cody Walker was that he's going to have the buy in round 26, and that's going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's not ideal. I understand that. And I I was the first one to scream from the rooftops that you cannot go near players that have the buy in the pre or in the grand final. And then I sort of sat there and went, you know what? Even if, you know, Cody Walker, even if he does miss out on round 26, um, you know, the Penrith Panthers that week, they play at home. They're playing the Parramatta Eels, who, who I think will be good, but I think that Penrith will be up for that one. I think that'll be a game where they're trying to compete for um, a top four spot or whatever it might be, a home final. So I just I thought, you know what, I'm pretty confident Nathan Cleary plays in that game. In fact, I'm very confident Nathan Cleary plays in that game. And I think that having him on the Thursday night game, that can be my VC straight up. And hopefully that'll be enough to win me that prelim final. So I'm going to back in Nath to get the job done there. Um, And the Rabbitohs aren't playing that week, of course, yeah, which isn't ideal. But I just know, and I've been in five grand finals now. I've won two of them. I've lost three of them. Um, Two of them I've lost. I I think a lot of that came down to players not playing that week. And I know that you're all sitting at home screaming at your phone going, don't play your grand final round 27. We always do. I think we always will as well. Uh, Would it make more sense to play round 26? It probably would. But we've always done 27. That's always been the rules. Um, And and, uh, it gives us an extra week of Supercoach throughout the year, which personally I'm all for. Uh, Yes, you lose players and whatnot. But if you're good enough on the waiver wire, you can still win that week because there's so many opportunities. 
opportunities there. I actually think it makes it more interesting uh, because there are more players on the waiver wire, which when we've had our votes, as much as, you know, round 27 has cost me or arguably cost me grand finals before, um, I love that it, 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 there's only two people and there are so many options there. It really tests your super coach knowledge. So I'm all for that. I think there's a good chance that Nath Cleary could be rested that week in round 27. But you know that if the Rabbitohs have the buy in round 26, they've got two weeks to prepare for the Sydney Roosters, their arch rivals. You know Cody Walker's going to play in that game. And history tells us that Cody Walker against the Roosters in the last round, very, very good track record. So I reckon there's a very good chance that I could end up with the best player in round 27 grand final week. So that's why I went for Cody Walker. It's a long, it's a long-term play. I think the Bunnies are going to do very well this year. I think Cody Walker. I said a couple of weeks ago that I was very worried about his role on beers and break on sorry um, the wire, and I don't. I've sort of backed off that a little bit. I think I watched the charity shield. I was very very impressed with Cody Walker. I think South Sydney's in for a big year, so it's it's a bit of a punt and it's a bit of a long term play. But as I said, and I said to you guys, you know, in the lead up to it, I'm trying to win. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be relevant. I'm not trying to you know pick the guys that everyone expects and just try and make finals. I'm trying to win it. And I think Cody Walker is an avenue that I can win it. If Nathan Cleary is playing uh, in the last round, that'd be sensational, but I'm not sure if he will be. I reckon that there's a chance they might not have anything locked up, but I think uh, that they probably will, the Panthers. I think they'll be, you know, locked into the top four by then. So it wouldn't surprise me if Cleary doesn't play that game, especially because the Panthers have also shown that they can come in with no games under their belt and be completely fine. So resting guys in the last week, I think it just makes sense for them. Whereas South Sydney, I think they have to play their entire... I think they will play their entire squad in round 27 against the Sydney Roosters. So that was my thought process when going Cody Walker. Is it a little bit crazy? 100%. I'm not denying that at all. It is a little bit rogue. Maybe I outthought the room a little bit. Um, the beauty of where I was sitting, we've got a shot clock of one minute, yeah? Um, now, I obviously have back-to-back picks. So when you're picking two guys in, in two minutes, it can be pretty tough. Thankfully, at the end of each round, uh, we were taking a one-minute break. Yeah, so it sort of meant that I could, you know, spe- like I, I knew I was going to take Cody Walker. So I had Cody Walker up there ready to choose him, and I let the clock wind down to about 50 seconds whilst I was working out who my next pick was going to be. Select Cody Walker. Then we'd just go through and just make sure we had them all written down. So it sort of brought me about two or three minutes between rounds to be able to choose who I was going to go for, which was fantastic. That changed later in the draft, and I'll talk about what that is. So we were pausing at the end of each round, pausing the entire draft and the clock. Um, so my pick number three, which I said to you guys that, you know, I obviously had Cleary, I had Cody Walker, I had my two ceiling guys. I then wanted to just solidify a little bit. And this is another guy that probably three weeks ago I wasn't overly keen on. Uh, I went Joey Tapané, dual position. Um, just from hearing him talk over the last few weeks, I feel like Joey Tapané is in the real sweet spot at the moment. There's a lot of things I like about Tapané. He's obviously a brilliant player, but I just, I like that this team is becoming his now. I like that, you know, Josh Papali sort of handed the keys to him. It's his side now, this Canberra side. He's the alpha in this pack now. I like the age that he's at. He's at 28, he's 28 years of age, so he's not, you know, I, I just think he plays big minutes the entire season. Am I 100% confident of that? No, I'm not. But I just think that, especially towards the back end of the season, which is when it matters, I don't think the Raiders are going to be a team that's going to have a, a top four spot locked in. I personally think they're going to be like a 7, 8, 9, 10 sort of side towards the back end of the season and fighting to play finals footy. So Joe Tapané, he's one that really appealed to me. The dual position is huge, especially in my comp. When you've got 14 guys in your comp, like dual position is just fucking gold and it's so hard to get good guys for those spots. I also look, he plays Sunday, uh, 4 p.m. So he's a captain option in the last round, round 27, which is a grand final 
against the Cronulla Sharks. Not a great matchup, but it's the Cronulla Sharks. He's going to have to go. That's going to be played through the middle, and he's going to have to be creating things. That's a side that they'll probably be competing with for a top eight spot there. So Joe Tapanay, I took him in third spot once again. Not a guy that I probably anticipated, say, two weeks ago, but over the last few days, I've really warmed up to Joe Tapanay. Uh, that that jewel is just fucking massive. I absolutely love him having that. I think that is massive. I think that he's obviously got a game that is is fantastic for Supercoach. Big body with offloads. He can tackle break. He can line break as well. I just, I'm really excited about Joe Tapanay this year, and the jewel helps my forward pack so much, uh, and it meant that I could be a little bit versatile elsewhere. So what I did is I put Joe Tapanay in the front row, uh, so that I could pick more two RFs over the next few rounds, which is what I followed up with. So all my rules about not picking a front row forward, I kind of did, but he's a dual position guy, so that doesn't really fit under the same category in my opinion. But Joe Tappanay, really glad to have him. He's my consistent guy. Uh, Cody Walker's got a ceiling, and Nath Cleary, he'll be my captain week in, week out. And uh, Cody Walker can be a VC or, or, a, or a second caption option or a Joe Tappanay. Really happy with my first three picks. Um, I think that the other bloke, Jem, picking Kalen Ponga, it might just be a favour in disguise, yeah? Uh, he's going to have a very nervous year this year. I think he went turbo into KP. So there were, outside of Ryan Pappenhausen, in the top 25 players, I think they would be the two I'm most nervous about getting through this season. So that'll be a nervous fucking wreck for him. He's probably got the right personality to be able to deal with it, though. But Cleary, Walker, Tapanay, I wanted to nail my big three so I could take some risks a little bit later. I probably took those risks a little bit earlier than I should have, but we'll talk about that in the next episode. Uh, Pick number four and five. As I said, I picked Joe Tapanay in the front row, uh, and I wanted to just solidify my back row, so I took the next best guy that I thought was on the board, which was Adam Elliott. He's obviously moved to the Newcastle Knights. A little bit of wonder about his position and what he plays and everything. I am very, very confident that he plays 13 for the vast majority of games. I think Adam Elliott will want to play as many minutes as he can, and when I look at Newcastle's middles, I'm not sure if they've got a choice but to play for Adam Adam Elliott for a heap of minutes. Hearing that he might shift out to the left edge spot for a little bit throughout games as well, which is on KP's side, I really don't mind that, to be honest with you. I just think Adam Elliott, he's going to have a heap of touches of the ball. He's going to get through a heap of work. Uh, They're short on middles. The Saifides and the trials haven't impressed me. So I think Adam Elliott, he's in for a big, big season there. I think he's going to do well. So took Adam Elliott at pick number four which I think is about where he should go. I think that his average and everything from last year doesn't really reflect the guy that he is. So I think he'll be a 60, 65 point averaging to RF. Uh, round number five. I didn't have a CTW yet. Normally by this point, I, I've normally got a CTW. I probably left it later than what I normally would. Uh, I did expect to, to get Isaac Tunga here. And this is another thing that didn't quite go my way. There was two guys I expected to get here. One of them was Jaden. Uh, one of them was Jaden Braley. One of them was Isaac Tungo. They both went before it got back to me, which I was a little bit surprised with. Jaden Braley went the pick before me. Uh, the guy that took him, Steve, one of my good mates, very good super coach player. He knew what he was doing. I was worried he was going to take him. Uh, he did. I think it's a really good pick. I think Jaden Braley is going to go huge this year. That rattled me a little bit, and I, I honestly, I didn't even look that closely at CTWs for this round because I was so confident that no one else would take the Isaac Tungo punt other than me. Someone else did, so credit to him. Uh, so that sort of threw me a little bit. So Adam Elliott, and then I picked up Campbell Graham uh, from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, another guy who will be there round 27, won't be there round 26. Uh, but I think Campbell Graham coming back from uh, this Kangaroos World Cup, I think he was incredible over there, and I think he's going to have a huge, huge season. I would love to see some sort of a world where he lands at left centre. Probably won't happen. Uh, but Campbell Graham, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of everything Campbell 
Campbell Graham. So I was stoked to get him in my team. Uh, he's got a tucking upside, but he's just solid in the CTWs. You know you're going to get around about 50 every single week. And in games where South Sydney go well, he's, he, he's going to explode there. So I'm hoping you see Cody Walker play both sides of the ruck. He did a little bit last year, and I'm hoping he's got a bit more of a license this year. And hopefully him and Campbell Graham can link up a little bit. Ideally... It'd be fantastic if I could get a world where they're both on the same edge, but I probably don't think that's going to play out. I think Campbell will stay on the right side. So Campbell Graham at pick five. Pick number six, and this will be the last one we'll talk about in this episode of the podcast. We'll move on to the other ones after that in the next episode. But pick number six, uh, a little bit of a gamble here, but I'm pretty confident it's going to pay off. This was one of the punts I wanted to take. I wanted to get him in early. I'm very, very confident this guy has a big season. I'm pretty confident he plays 80 minutes. Uh, it is Teague Wilton from the Cronulla Sharks, a uh, guy that I'm a huge, huge fan of. I was talking about this all last year, uh, that Wade Graham wasn't the guy to play left edge anymore. And I think... I think that the Sharkies have worked that out now. I think that he will start on the left edge. I think he will play at least 70, but I'm pretty confident he plays 80 minutes there. Uh, so very, very happy to get him into the squad. I think he could be one of the bigger, uh, one of the better picks this year, uh, Teague Wilton. So if you haven't done your draft yet, I would be... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. making a real crack at getting Teague Wilton into your side. You've seen when he plays 80 minutes, uh, the performances are very strong. He's sort of a 50 at absolute minimum, but he's got try-scoring ability and he's got upside, and I think that Sharky side is going to be absolutely fucking humming this year. Uh, so Teague Wilton, I was stoked to get him. Very, very happy. I think he will start on the left edge, and I think he will play big minutes. And if you go and have a look through his games there, uh, you know he's, he's got attacking upside. He's got big scores in him on that side. Really like him. I think he'll be about a 55 to probably 62-point average guy. Um, just depends how many tries he scores, but I think on that edge he will score a fair whack of them. So uh, very happy with Teague Wilton there. He's one of the gambles that I wanted to take, and I'm glad that I got him in that spot there. So they were my first six picks. So I went Nathan Cleary at pick one. Pick 28 and 29, I went Cody Walker and Joey Tapanay. Pick 56 and 57, Adam Elliott and Campbell Graham. And then pick 84, my first gamble of the day. I went with Teague Wilton there. So the next podcast, guys, we will go through pick 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. So keep in mind, this is the period where uh, the computers all shit themselves. The draft shit itself. We had to start again. I had too much time to think, and I, I kind of panicked here for a little bit. There's three picks that I just sort of went... Fuck, what on earth is going on here on reflection? Uh, but I'll talk about those, and I'll be completely transparent and honest with you guys. I don't think I handled this next period incredibly well. Uh, this is the period where, you know, I, I, I was trying to find a few guys on the system, and it kind of fucked up. But I should have been smarter than that at the end of the day. So always raw and always honest with you guys. So I'll take you through those next six picks. That podcast will be coming a little bit later today. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.